one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole-person care. Because feeling whole always begins at AdventHealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome to the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. If people are listening on the radio, they can't see you, but I had to bust out. <laughs> oh, you snuck that one in I there. did. I made sure. The Todd Bowles shirt, when I saw the players wearing it for your oh. birthday, and I knew the three-game win streak, the top of the NFC South, the win in Lambeau in December, this was Todd Bowles shirt worthy. Oh, well, you got me. I did. That's not good in here. But man, yeah. what a game. Uh, congratulations, first of all, on a win in December in Lambeau. Had the, the playoff feels to it because of just what it means to the team at this point in terms of the record and playoffs. Um, and to not have a letdown after such a crucial game against the Falcons that probably was a pretty emotional high of a game. What did this tell you about your team factoring all of that in? The growth and the confidence is there through the urgency. Uh, They're doing the right things in practice. They're playing for each other. They're playing with each other. They're communicating. And that's what you want in December. You want them coming together. You want them playing team football. You want them relying on one another. And I know 34 points, both the pass and the run game were efficient. Would you call this the best offensive game of the year for the team? It was. Execution-wise, it was. Everything was kind of clicking. I think we only punted one time. And everybody was getting involved, and that was good to see. I know that uh, Baker, I I feel like there's just not enough things we can say about what this game was for him, but to say, you know, 22 of 28, season high, 381 yards, just 16 yards short of his career high, four touchdowns. And then, of course, the stat that everyone has been loving to point out, the first visiting quarterback at Lambeau to have a perfect passer rating. Um, To say what that means when you look at how many quarterbacks have been the visiting quarterback at Lambeau in the history of this league, what was it about this game that made Baker have stats that will go down in history? Tough place to play. In December, too, you know, playing the Lambeau Field is no fun for anybody, and it's a tough traditional place. They play tough at home. They play great defense. Great fans are there. Title Town, USA. For him to come in there and turn it over early and then come back and play the way he did was phenomenal. Uh, the way he led the team, the way he spread it around, the way he threw it without hesitating, the way they rallied around him, the way they played as a unit and galvanizing those guys, I thought was outstanding. Do you think once you have a game like this, it's easier to replicate it, that once it everybody knows what it looks like and feels like to have this complete of an offensive game? I don't know if you can replicate any offensive game. Every week's going to be different. you got to learn how to win ugly. you got to learn how to win pretty. you got to learn how to win a lot of different ways. As long as you know how to win, that's the key. I think we're learning how to win a lot of different ways, and that's important for us. And then I know, especially him starting fast, 7 of 7 to start his game, what seemed to be working well to click early when I know that hasn't been a big point of emphasis for you guys? Well, the timing was there. The timing and precision was there. We got Chris involved early, got Mike involved early, Rashad got involved early, and we just kept rotating and spreading the ball around, and the confidence grew in all the guys, and they were just executing. And how great is it to know you can get touchdown passes to four different guys in terms of what that means on on the depth 
of the weapons that you have here. That's huge. That means Mike, Chris, and Rashad are opening things up, and Cole got involved, and Moore made a great play as well. All those guys are getting involved right now, and that's good to see at the end of the season. It also felt like this was a game where Baker made maybe more tight window throws and, and completed them than before. What was it that seemed to work so well in terms of, I don't know if it's his confidence, if it was what the routes were of to specifically be able to fit some of those tight window throws in? Everything was clicking. He was in a great rhythm. They never really disrupted his timing. So the rhythm throws were there, the timing throws were there, and we made plays. And then uh, Mike Evans, 11th touchdown catch of the season, which now ties Gronk and Devontae Adams for the 12th most in NFL history. Uh, take us through. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. Every week with Mike, there's a new stat that just makes <laughs> you say, wow, in terms of what it means for this league history and, and his time. Um, so take us through that touchdown pass and then also just why he is so effective and efficient in the end zone. It's huge. If you leave, if you leave Mike in single coverage and he gets down there, he's going to win. He's going to win. He did a great stab move on the safety and went out and came back in and he bit on it and something they saw during the week and took advantage of. So it was an outstanding throw, outstanding route. And what did that mean knowing that that was the response after the sack fumble for Baker to rally back to make a play like that so immediately following a play that can really be something that turns off your confidence in that way? It's great that they know he couldn't be denied. It's great that they know they can move the ball and have it turn over and still come back and make plays like that and finish them off. You know, we left a little meat on the bone by turning it over, but they more than made up for it with everything they did. And this was definitely the Chris Godwin game. That is for sure. He had 10 catches, 155 yards, season highs for both, um, 108 yards in the first half alone, which is the fourth most and a half in his career. So why did this game in particular lend itself to being a Chris Godwin game? With the run game going, with Mike going, uh, putting Chris naturally back where he belongs inside, uh, getting him started early, getting him off early, making some plays, just really got him rolling. And it was great to see because we need him and Mike. And then I know that he also just is a guy that has so many catches in the course of his career and another game like this. Why is he a guy that can be good at volume when it comes to the number of catches he can provide? Outstanding hands, outstanding recognition of man's own coverages, finding the holes to get open. He's got great yak, you know, run after catch yards. Um, just a competitor all the way through. Does the little things right. Um, just a heck of a player. And then Rashad, man, 89 yards rushing, 50 receiving, just continues that 100-plus yard game from scrimmage uh, streak that he's on. And then now he joined Work Done as the only players in team history to have at least 1,000 rushing yards and 750 receiving yards in their first two career seasons. Um, he also became the eighth player in team history with over 2,000 scrimmage yards in his first two career seasons. To hear the success in those kind of numbers in those first couple years, especially when he wasn't necessarily always the primary guy, even in his first season. What does that tell you about the trajectory he's on and just the ways that he's been able to produce in multiple different areas? His work ethic, the way he studies, uh, the way he learns week in and week out, really getting comfortable as a receiver, where we're using him a great deal at understanding run lanes, um, just knows how to play the game, getting getting much more experience faster and faster. He's always been a great pass protector, but his intelligence of how he sees the offense and how he fits in it has grown a great deal since week one. And then I know he got his seventh touchdown in seven weeks. Uh, take us through that play and then just what has let him find the end zone so often. He ran a rail route, what we call it, through the end zone. Baker had great timing on it because the linebacker was coming over to knock it down. Uh, great catch and run. Left him one-on-one -on -one with the safety. He made a miss. 
And then I know that um, basically he's been incredible in the pass game in particular, that we know he's also really stepped up in the run game. But to see you know some of those routes that he runs looking more like a wide receiver, what are the things that really set him apart from maybe other running backs when it comes to the pass game? He's very elusive, you know, he's very elusive and he's got a lot of moves in space. A lot of guys are just one cut guys get open. He does not, he can run routes, he can run normal routes. He got head fakes, he got body fakes, he got foot fakes. He can do a lot to get open and when he gets open, he can run after catch. That kind of separates him from the normal running back. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. We saw a David Moore sighting. This is a guy that has been on the practice squad some and elevated recently. 52-yard touchdown. Take us through that play and how crucial it was for the game. It was huge. David works hard in practice. He knows all three spots. Uh, he gives the scout team, scout team defense, a real defense, a heck of a look on the scout team when he was down there. Very experienced, very good blocker, very good competitor, very good with run after catch. Obviously, he made a bunch of moves to get open, and he ran for daylight. And then I know uh, Cade Otten, two different 22-yard receptions at the end of that third quarter to set up the touchdown. Take us through those catches. Cade's big. Again, when you're concentrating on Mike, Chris, Rashad, Dave made some plays. Cade's going to be sitting right there, Johnny on the spot. You tend to forget about him. He comes up with big plays week in and week out. And then I'm sure we all had the – Co-Keefed first catches a touchdown in December at Lambeau on our bingo card. Uh, tell us about that play and just the way that you still have confidence in a guy like that that has not been as big a part of that part of the game all year but can still step up in a moment like that. We've been practicing that play for a little while now. Cole has very good hands. He has very good hands. We know he's a great blocker, so to get him out in space like that and catch a flat route and score, you know, now he's only got about, what, 20 more thousand receptions to catch Mike. So he's on his way. He's on his way. How about the offensive line in uh, the pass game and the run game? What did you see from that? Well, we gave up five sacks. Uh, we can get rid of the ball a little earlier, but for the most part, they gave him time to throw. We were on rhythm. They were very good in the run game. Um, we only missed about two or three blocks that way, but they were very good in the run game, very good in the pass game, giving them time to throw. And then what did you see in terms of even the way that this showed you what the offense has become over the course of the season and what you liked about even Canales' play calling in this game in particular and how we've seen that evolve? I really like the chemistry and that everybody's on the same page. The plays don't necessarily always work, but they're on the same page and they can bounce back from adversity. They can bounce back from second and long. They can bounce back from third and long and still make plays and be confident we can run our offense, and that's the best thing about it. I know that uh, Antoine Winfield, yet again, leading the team in tackles with 10, and then now he got his fifth force fumble of the season, which is now a career high, and he and T.J. Watt are the only players since Antoine came into the league that have at least 10 force fumbles and 10 takeaways. Uh, what have you seen that's gotten so good about that part of Antoine's game? Always looking for the ball, always trying to punch it out, always try to get interceptions. He never just goes for the tackle. He always goes for the strip. Uh, even last week when he sacked the quarterback, he went for the strip. He goes for the ball every time. He knows how important turnovers are. And Levante, uh, half sack, couple tackles for loss, nine tackles, a bunch of pressures. Um, just another game where he's filling the stat sheet in so many different categories and now has 10 years of 100 or more tackles, which is the third most since 2000. The only people with more are Bobby Wagner and London Fletcher. Not too bad. So uh, just... Wow. What does that say to you about what he's able to do over the course of his whole career and then even now this year to get to that mark again? His professionalism, the way he approaches the game, the way he loves the game, the way he prepares for the game and makes plays and makes everybody else better while making himself better at the same time is, is something that you just don't see now. 
And then I know that uh, Devin White told you that he wasn't able to go for the game, which meant that KJ Britt was uh, put in that starting role again. What have you seen from KJ and the way that he's stepped up to this role and, and been ready to go? He's been ready to go for quite some time now. He's getting his opportunity. KJ is very good downhill. Love the way he hit the guard, the second play of the game. And he's getting his opportunity. We really like his leadership. He's great coming downhill. He's a very good player. We consider him a starter as well and love where he's at, playing good football, playing very good football. What are the things you feel like you're still kind of working on with him or where you'd like to see him grow depending on how much he ends up playing down the stretch? Well, just the small things of uh, zone drop awareness once motion starts going. But he's, he's right where he needs to be right now. We have full confidence in him. The guys believe in him, and I'm very happy he's playing. I'm sure it was nice to have Vita back, and he had been a bit of a game-time decision. Um, how percentage-wise was he, and what have you seen from him in the terms of how healthy he is and the level he's able to play at? You know, he's a little slow at some points, but he was a big addition for us sitting up in there, and he gave that center hell, obviously, um, when he was in there. He gave everybody else confidence, and it was a big presence in the middle, so they couldn't go up the middle on us, and that was huge just to have him out there. Yeah, that's what's nice about how big he is. Just being there is always helpful. Uh, how about the rest of the D-line? What did you see from them? Got after it a little bit. Got after it. I thought Cancy had his best run defense game of the season as far as not getting out of his gaps and staying in his gap that way. Uh, Gaines continues to play consistent football. Logan's getting back there. He's just got to finish the plays when he gets back there. But overall, you know, they didn't hurt us in the run game, and we got after the quarterback a little bit late in the game, so it was good. I know the first uh, eight of the first ten plays were to Aaron Jones, So, but they ended up with just 53 yards for him, whole team, 60 total yards rushing. Uh, what went well, particularly in the run D, knowing that they were going to try to do that early? They got some plays out early, but we got some TFLs that allowed them the second and long, which we wanted to be in. And you get a lead, and you know they tend to pass more anyway. So that the lead helped us out, and getting them in second and long yards was big for us. Uh, you had no Carlton, but Jamel was back. How did Jamel look after returning from injury? Uh, he tackled well. You know, some things he can get the rust off, still getting the rust off, but he played well. He didn't give up the ball over top. He played a smart game plan defense. And then how about Zion McCollum, who we've talked about ends up basically has been kind of your starter all year because of either injuries or just what you've seen from him. So how did you feel like he played in this game? Continues to play well. Continues to play well. You don't talk about him because he rarely messes up or he rarely gets picked on. So it kind of goes unnoticed, but he, he's playing well. He's playing very well. And how about Christian Izian? I feel like he's another guy that we talked about a lot early on as a rookie, had a couple early interceptions. But um, what have you seen from the course of the season and his growth as a rookie? I thought he hit a wall in the middle of the season. Right now he's out of it. The last two weeks I thought he tackled very well. He made some plays yesterday in the run game and the flare pass game that really helped us get off the field. And uh, Anthony Nelson registered a sack. This is a guy I know you always talk about being just kind of one of the most steady guys <clears throat> on there, especially in the outside linebacker room. So what did you see from that play and then just what he brings to your team in that position group at this point? He brings depth from the position standpoint. The sack he got was great. I mean, all the other guys missed it, so he got it. <laughs> Cleanup guy. The sack he should have got was on the touchdown play that he missed, but he's always back there. He's always reliable. He's always going to be around the ball. He always seems to make a play. And how about the rest of the outside linebacker room? What did you see from them in the game? I thought in the run game they were fine. I, I, I didn't think they turned up the pass rush till the fourth quarter. Now, they were getting rid of the ball very fast, so... We had to come out, they ran to the ball well, and they tackled from that standpoint. When they got a chance to rush the passer, I thought they were close. 
You held them to zero of two on fourth down, and teams are just nine of 20 against us in a fourth down situation. What do you think you've done so well there? Well, hopefully they're all third and longs, you know, fourth and longs, rather. We had them in fourth and 10. Obviously, you want to get everybody out. That's a perfect time opportunity to go after them a little bit. We went after them yesterday. Levante and them made a great play, but just getting off the field, trying to finish games is a big thing. And Jake Camarda, 66-yard punt that pinned them down inside the four. We've known about the strength of the leg since he's been here. Um, I know you've talked about hoping that he would get a little bit more accurate, sometimes being able to pin them inside the 10 or the 5. This felt like one of those punts that was exactly what you've been hoping for. Does it feel like he's starting to do that on a pretty consistent basis? He's been doing it all year. Yeah, he's been very consistent. You know, the angle sideline ones have been very consistent. The ones where he has to boom, he's been very consistent. I'm very happy the way he's been playing. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles facing the Jaguars this week. They have a lot of coaches on their staff that have been with you, have been with the Buccaneers. What is that like when you're facing a team that you do know each other so well? well this is the first time I've faced someone that's that close to us, just being removed with Caldwell, Buckner, and Cody. Great guys, outstanding coaches. So it'll be a little different, almost like looking in the mirror when you watch the film and watch their defense and watch some of the things we do. So it's it's pretty similar. Obviously, they have wrinkles. We have wrinkles. But it'll be good to see them guys. But, you know, I hope it's after the game, after we win. Yes, of course. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, definitely an impact player for the Jaguars, <laughs> and he um, was being evaluated for a concussion after the game, so always puts guys in doubt a little bit for the week. How would that affect your game plan? And just in general, what does he mean to that Jaguars offense in terms of some of the unique things he can bring that maybe other quarterbacks can't? Well, he never missed a game, first of all. So we got to prepare as if he's playing. Obviously, he has a great arm. He can run with the football, too. Very accurate. One of the few guys that can throw an out route from the opposite hash mark. So he's, he's tough to deal with. He, he, Doug does a great job with those guys. They're always in attack mode. So it's going to be another tough game. We got to get ready for another big one. And tell me about some of their other offensive weapons besides him that can hurt you and what you're going to have to be aware of. Obviously, Ridley came back strong. Uh, he's doing a heck of a job getting downfield. Very good deep passing threat. And he, he's huge, and he finds them all the time. Etienne, the back that can run it. He's kind of like Rashad. He can come out of the backfield and catch him, or he can run it and still be there. Evan Ingram, the tight end, outstanding receiver from that regard. Just knows how to play. Has very athletic. Uh, can block and do a bunch of things. They got a huge offensive line up front. And, and you got Zay Jones outside as well, who's another playmaker they have. So they got bookends on the outside, and they play very good football. And how about on the defensive side of things for them? What do you notice about their front? <clears throat> They're two outside backers, you know. They're two outside backers. Trey Walker, you got him coming from all places. And you got the big 4-1, and he's a Jersey guy from Montclair, so I know him very well. He does a heck of a job coming off the ball. Very good athlete, and they get after it. And then how about their secondary? What do you notice back there? Ball hawks. Ball hawks, they can make a bunch of plays. They got two star corners, and they play very good football. And then this will be a Christmas Eve game. Uh, I know that uh, Christmas is not always something that everybody gets to celebrate a ton in the football world because you guys are a little bit busy. How do you try to still bring holidays to either your family, the football team, and try to do all of that? Any any major things that you have planned for uh, for how to celebrate when you have a game on Christmas Eve? You don't try to bring Christmas to your family. You better bring Christmas <laughs> to your family. It's very true. Uh, you have Christmas early, or if you have a game away, you have it two days early. You have it whatever you can get it in you better get Christmas in and you try to make sure the team does as well do you uh, find yourself do you think you're a good gift giver 
I'm a great gift giver. Great gift giver. Great gift giver. I do not doubt that 100%. Well, Coach, thank you so much as always for your time. Congrats on that win and good luck this next week. Thank you. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we will have offensive line coach Joe Gilbert brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gun. Matt Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White. Linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We are so excited to be joined by offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Coach, thanks for being with us. Not a problem. Enjoy it. Um, so, man, what a what a game you get to come talk on the show after, too. I mean, this is a perfect time having you guys on. And just tell us a little bit about the feeling of this win. And, I mean, everything from the playoff implications to Lambeau in December and yeah. just what it meant to the team. I, I think that for everybody, you know, it's a great atmosphere starting off with to go up there and play. Uh, just it's iconic, you know, that part of it. And, you know, they were playing well. Uh, they got a good football team. And, you know, we went up there and – you know, to be able to play, it was back and forth for a while, and and uh, the guys kept competing, and um, and I think that you know we, we finally made some plays on both sides of the ball, um, and it was one of those games that you know kind of special teams, you know, defense, offense, all kind of came finally together a little bit, and um, and it was it was a just a great win, you know, to go up there, and um, and obviously we know what's at, at stake with you know the playoffs here at the end and everything, so um, it was just a. a a good road win uh, to kind of get it all together a little bit. Yeah, and how about uh, the play of the offensive line in this game? What stood out to you in both run and pass? You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, for the most part, I think we were almost every positive run, I think we had one kind of an around play that w- that was a negative. So that was that was good where we were always making positive yards, um, you know, not just with the offensive line, the tight ends, Rashad's running harder and chase and, you know, they're coming out on the other end, running with their pads down. So I think that's been making a huge difference in a two to three yard game now becoming, you know, four, five, six. And, you know, you're getting clips like that. It's obviously um, putting us in a better situation for third down, which our third down efficiency was outstanding. Um, so all that goes hand in hand, you know, as far as that goes. Um, pass protection wise, I thought the guys competed. They got us on a couple things. Um, but I think overall we gave Baker, you know, a pretty good amount of time and, and, you know, he was on fire and made some great plays as well. Yeah. He really had the game of his Bucks career for sure. And, and one of the top yeah. games of his whole career, I mean, he was 381 yards, almost a career high, four touchdowns. And of course the stat everyone's been loving to throw around is the perfect passer rating, the first ever visiting quarterback at Lambeau to have that stat. Um, what did it seem like to you just watching his performance out there and, and just watching all the chemistry between him and Euro line, mm. the wide receivers, everybody of just what you noticed about even his game and, and the way that he and the offense have come together. I, I think Baker from day one, you know, came in, um, has it been a process? No question. You know, obviously you got a lot of new parts to the offense. Um, and it obviously it's taken some time for us to finally, you know, get everybody on the same page and then we're working there. Um, but I think what he's done is he's really went out of his way to become a guy that everybody in that building, everybody in that locker room um, has rallied around. The way he plays, 
Um, he stays in there. He fights for him. He's positive. Um, you know, and I think that goes a long way. And not only did he do it on the field, he's done it off the field with different things he's done, you know, um, with guys on defense, with the offensive line, everybody. And I think that goes, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, I really believe that they all have each other's back. It's not just him, but it's everybody. And that makes a huge difference. And one of the, you know, one of the things that stood out to me early on was when he scrambled for one of those plays and, it was Vita Vey coming off, Vita coming off the sideline and going crazy on the one. And you just, that to me showed that the relationships he's built in the offseason and throughout the season, you know, that's how guys have each other's back. And now when you get into December and every game means something and you're playing, you know, you're playing for the playoff football, I think that goes a long ways um, at this level. And, and I think that shows. Yeah, and I was thinking about a similar guy in the sense of being willing to do kind of some of those the dirty work plays. You know, Chris Godwin gets this huge game. He's got 155 yards and 10 catches, season highs for both. Um, 108 in just the first half, which is the fourth most in a half in his career. And I know that he also means a lot to you guys in the blocking game as well. What is it like to watch a guy get a chance Mm -hmm. to have a game like that offensively, knowing especially all of the things that he does, the little things that don't always show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, I I mean, Chris is a warrior. You know, I mean, we put him in. He does a lot of the dirty work from a receiver blocking standpoint. Um, Never says a word, you know. Um, And to have a guy like that when you're in 11 personnel and doing some different things, you know, it it means a lot. You know, Um, you know the job's going to get done. He'll stick his face in there. I know that the DBs on the other side of the ball know that guy's going to block him. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and that allows you to do multiple things when you're putting a game plan together. Um, and obviously, for him to come out and and now got the touches that he did and and had a chance to perform and made the plays, I just it's great because he he's a great guy and the same type of person. You know, Mike. There's a lot of humble people in this locker room, and those guys. It's just nice to see that come around. Those guys have a game like that uh, for them. You know. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, um, and then I know that you t- you brought up the the tight ends. We saw Cade and Co. both get same thing, big offensive plays. Co. get a touchdown on his yeah. first catch of the season. But <laughs> again, knowing that Cade plays almost every snap of every game, Co.'s doing a lot of stuff in there as well. What has that meant to you guys as an offensive line to have tight ends like that? That are you know Co. is so dedicated to that part of the game, and then Cade, even as a a bit of more of a pass first guy, is willing to get in there and do all of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's same thing. I mean, we we sit there and we know that those guys are going to be where they need to be um, and they're going to battle their butts off, you know, on a constant basis. They're going to give them everything they got every play. Um, you know, and Co, you know, he knows that he's the, uh, you know, the, the workhorse in there, want to be in there smashing heads and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, to see him get a big play and Cade last week, you know, getting a big touchdown throw in the end zone for a win. And, you know, it's just those guys, they never say a word, you know, that you, they just work. Uh, and they know at some point their opportunities are going to come. And what's great is when it has come, they've performed and they've made it. And I know Rashad, we talked a little bit about him, but yeah, 89 yards rushing, 50 receiving. He's got four straight games with at least 100 yards from scrimmage. And uh, for Bucks fans, it's a big stat. He joined Warwick Dunn as the only players in team history to have at least 1,000 rushing yards and 750 receiving yards over their first two seasons. Wow. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so what have you seen from Rashad, especially lately, 
that has led to some of those numbers in, in both the receiving and especially the, the rushing side of it, where we'd seen all along out in space, deadly as can be. But it does feel like specifically in the run game and, and between the guards kind of runs have, have really improved for him lately. Yeah, I, I think that one of them, he's, you know, he's in his second year. You know, he's learning um, at this level is different than college. And I think he's starting to learn to say, you know, how he's got to run the ball with his pads down, you know, when he hits those small creases in there, you guys have all seen it, the run at the end of the game, you know, there wasn't a big crease in there. He had a jump over, I think, Co that was, you know, blocking his guy, and he made a huge run there at the end to ice the game. And um, I think he's starting to see things like that that has changed his, his game from the beginning of the year of not having a whole lot of touches, whatever, at from last year and being kind of in and out to this year being the guy, and now all of a sudden – you know, it's a transition and you've seen him grow, in my opinion, which has been really kind of neat when you see the same thing with the offensive line. When you think about all the different moving parts we had to start off and now you see the growth of them coming together with Rashad, I think that that's made a huge difference in why all of a sudden now we're starting to see a the performance, the outcome, the numbers, all that kind of stuff is now starting to slowly come together and have, you know, worked out to be pretty positive. Does it feel to you like the offense has essentially at this point found its identity? I feel like that's one of those cliche terms we use a lot, but um, just the confidence level and what you guys feel like who you are and what you're capable of, does it feel like these last few games in particular have sort of gelled that to you? I I think so a little bit. I think it's um, Dave has done a great job. He listens. He takes everybody's input. Um, And I really think that during the course of the game, we've done a good job as a staff just kind of, you know, talking through things, saying, hey, what's our next go to? What is this? What are they giving us? And not being, oh, hey, we got to do this, but have adjusted a little bit as we've gone through games to find out what's working, what isn't, and then kind of get into that groove of saying, hey, this is what we got today. Let's lean on it and go. And I think that's a credit to everybody. Um, and And I think that that is kind of in a way has what, for lack of better terms, like you said, our identity a little bit of trying to run the ball, play action, you know, and then, but at the same time, those guys, Dave and those guys in the past game have put together great, you know, deals as far as, hey, this is what they're doing. They're trying to take away Mike. Chris is here. You know, Mike has had big games when we were able to use Mike. And, you know, at times it just, it, it is what it is with they're you know, worried about one guy, somebody else is there. And now we're starting to get into that groove where we're taking advantage of that situation. And tell us how Coach Canales coming in as the new coordinator, how did that impact the offensive line? What are the specific things that his scheme or system asks of offensive linemen, helps them with certain things? How does he try to enable them to do what they do? I, I think the one thing is, we have been very consistent with his system. Hey, here are the runs. Here's what, uh, how we target them. Here are our rules. Um, the guys have come out and, you know, has it been a, we, yeah, we've had some mistakes early on, whatever. Um, but I think now the guys are in a groove. They know what to expect. They know what they're getting. Um, they know how people will play it, you know, um, and that's part of their confidence because I, I really, I think, I look at our offense and I think we're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, And I think that's huge. And that comes from those guys knowing that, yeah, we'll put a wrinkle here and a wrinkle there in, and that's part of game planning. But I think overall the core offense, they can sit here and say, I know that play. I can come off the ball. I can protect. 
I can do, run this screen, whatever it is, and they can do it with confidence. You know, there's no more, oh, I got to do this or is, am I doing this? You know, that part of it, you know, and a lot of it is terminology sometimes where guys just can hear it now and boom, they go out and they do it early on. It's like, wait a minute, that's that play. And then, yeah. you know, I got to get down and like speaking a second language. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that was kind of a little bit of guys having to just make that transition. And, you know, a lot of people think, hey, you can just do that overnight and whatever. There's a lot to it. And, you know, and, and you know, you switch offenses, this, that, you know, and that takes time, you know. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. That's all. But I, obviously a lot of people, they, they want everything to kind Immediate. of speed yeah. up we, immediately. We're very and, impatient. <laughs> uh, and that just isn't the way sometimes it happens. Yep. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We are joined by offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. So let's get into some of your individual guys on the line now. We got to obviously start with Tristan, the big guy. Uh, I mean, tell us just a little bit about the decision to move him to left. And he's been frank about some of his anxieties about moving there. Did you, as, as his offensive line coach, have any anxieties about that? I didn't have any anxiety. I um, I appreciated his. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, because he's obviously a professional who wants to do well. He was doing obviously extremely well at right tackle. Um, I think he embraced it, even though I don't think he led on to a lot of people, you know, his concerns is, you know, um, and I, I think the thing that for me is always is um, it's not as easy to make that transition as people think it is. Um, your muscle memory, your, you know, um, Tristan, you know, uses right hand, for instance, for layman terms to punch. It helps you stay square and that's his outside hand when he's on the right side. Well, now all of a sudden you go over to the left side and now he's punching. It's just muscle memory that it's automatically going to happen. And what happens is you open up your shoulders, you drop your hip, you create short edges and pass protection. You know, run game wise, I think it probably just from a footwork standpoint, it probably is a little bit easier to make that. Um, but when it comes to pass pro, your protection, your hands, your feet, uh, all of that is a little bit different. And I think still that he's learning, you know, that he's still growing at that position. You know, um, you know, you got to think he never played left tackle since his freshman year in college. So you add three years there, you know, three years here. It's been six years that he's been on the right side and why he was able to make that transition to this level so quickly, you know, because he was kind of, he was ready to go at right tackle, whatever. Now you flip it, you know, it's all kind of reversed. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he, and he's come along great. I mean, he really has, he's a competitor. He cares, you know, it's important to him. The team's important to him. Um, and I think that's the reason why he's as successful as he is, is because of his traits that outside of his athletic ability, it's just a way the guy's made, um, you know, and I think that makes a huge difference in his approach. And then I know that, um, in general, he also is being asked to do a lot in terms of a leadership standpoint, that it feels mm-hmm. like suddenly looking at the landscape of this team in terms of how long guys have been 
with the Bucks, how long guys have been in the league and their roles. It feels like all of a sudden he and Antoine just the other day were rookies or young guys, and now they're both really being asked to step into more of a leadership role. Have you seen him embrace that, particularly in the in the offensive line room and, and on the team? Absolutely. And I and I think part of it is he's still young. Um, he's a very respectful person. So the guys like Mike and Chris, Levante, you know, he looks up to those guys. He is not a person that wants to step on anybody's toes when you get to know Tristan. He's a very uh you know, methodical thinker. He thinks through that stuff. It's not, hey, I'm a captain. I want to be the boy. You know what I mean? I think he's grown into the role. Um, he realizes what he has to do and, and the responsibility that comes with that. And I don't think he takes that very lightly. But at the same time, you know, he looks up to those guys and says, hey, here, here guy's been in a league a long time, you know, and I'm kind of thrown in their boat, you know. Um, so I think he kind of feels his way uh, out, which I think guys respect. Um, and I obviously his play speaks for itself. Um, so that gives him automatic, you know, credibility in the locker room. And then I think you add on what type of person he is and the way he's handled himself on and off the field that automatically kind of grows and he's grown into that, you know, and it's kind of neat to see him go, go from that young kid at 20, you know, still a young kid in my, <laughs> and, and now, um, you know, you just kind of see him you know, growing up into that role and accepting it and moving on is, is pretty cool. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, uh, another guy you had to move around. We had Luke get a key over now on the right side. And man, I just feel like um, it's been so cool to watch his development this year of um, after last year, some growing pains and then really coming into his own, it feels like this year. What have you seen both in terms of sort of the mental side of it, the um, confidence side, but then also the true just X's and O's and what he's done on the field? You know, Luke is a very competitive person. You know, I mean, him and Tristan are like the stepbrothers, I mean, in the movie. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's hilarious. Um, but Luke is, he wants to be great, not just good. He wants to be great. And his work ethic is unreal. I mean, on the field, he wants to be perfect in everything he does. Um, I think the one thing I, you know, I've, I've stressed with Luke is just, hey, listen, you know, you got to sometimes get out of your own head. You know, you got to let plays go. You're never going to get them back, good, bad, or indifferent. You got to go on to the next one. And I really seen him kind of grow in that mentality a little bit. Um, he is a guy that wants no mental errors. He is a very sharp, you know, and he's great in the room. You know, if he has a, a message or a, a question for Goody or myself, hey, wait a minute, and he'll ask. You know, he's not afraid to make sure he knows exactly what his job is by the time he goes out there and he wants to perform it at a high, high level. And, you know, he's a guy that, again, that takes it personal if he does not play well or has a bad play. Um, so during the game, he's really grown in the sense of, hey, got to move on. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't hold on that play back at play 10. We still got 60 some more plays that you got to help us win this game with. And so he's gotten really good with that, you know, but then after the game, you know, he's a guy that he beats himself up that, you know, he has a couple bad plays. You know, he really tries to focus on, hey, what did I do wrong? You know, what can I get better? And a lot of times it's just very, very simple things. Um, and I think he's he's progressed unbelievably at this at this stage of the game and, you know, um, and is playing a pretty good football. 
And then looking at Aaron Stinney and Matt Filer in that guard position, started out with Matt Filer as uh, one of the new additions to the squad, and then he went down with the injury, and Aaron Stinney coming back from injury stepped in. Tell us a little bit about just how you've seen um, each of them and what they've kind of brought to this offensive line and, and what has made you uh, want to stick with Aaron Stinney at this spot and, and the way he's earned that. No, Aaron filled in in a situation when Matt went down. You know, you got an older vet. You know, comes in. Matt's a great guy, great leader in the room. Doesn't say two words, but the way he worked and the whole thing just, you know, came in in a in a new situation and was first class. Um, went through the injury, got hurt. Aaron was playing well, um, and at that point, you know, you kind of start feeling like you're getting into a groove with guys. And O line's completely different than other positions where guys will come in and out. And it, we got to work so cohesively together that. You know, you change those pieces constantly and then there you don't get any, you know, um, anything working together. You know, it's always kind of, well, I thought this, I thought that, or I thought you were going to do this. And, and that's, you know, how, you know, going back to when, you know, Donnie and Allie played together all those years and how what a comfort zone Allie was for Donovan. And, and then, you know, when Stinney got in there with, you know, with um, Tristan and started playing well in that, that comfort level gets to that spot and, you know, see if they say, hey, as coaches, you make a decision, this is what we're going to stick with and kind of moving forward and let it go. And, and that relationship and that, that tandem is now working better and better as we've gotten forward. And that's a hard thing for Matt because you got a guy that wants to be on the field. and um, But he's been a pro through and through and has handled it just like you would think if when you get to know him uh, as first class. That's great. All right, we're going to take one more break here on Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, brought to you by Advent Health. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to hear a little bit about Ryan Jensen's role. You talked about, you know, Matt Filer has handled it really well with, you know, not being in on the field now. And here, Ryan is a guy that you knew was going to be out and has chosen to be, you know, we see him around the facility every day. He's at practice. It seems like he's just around the guys all the time. What have you seen for them the way that he's been able to still contribute, even though he's not actually able to be on the field? You know, I, I think obviously Ryan has a great presence as a person. You respect the way he played. You know, there's no doubt, you know, in the locker room, there's, you know, no doubt about what he did and how he played when he was healthy. Um, I think by him sticking around, it's really He's had a chance to be a little uh, that of a mentor with Robert, um, you know, out there working from a technique standpoint. And, you know, and Rob's obviously still figuring out, hey, this is what I got to do to get my job done. I'm, little, I'm different than, you know, than Ryan is. You know, Ryan said that, hey, you know, I may have used this footwork on this block just because this worked for me. You may want to try it. So it's just another, I, I think when you, you know, the one thing I've learned in this league is, those guys that go out and do it, they got to, you know, as a coach, you sit there and you see things, you've coached things for a long time and you want guys to do it a certain way, but not every, it's not a cookie cutter position and everybody's a little bit different. And Ryan is that guy, you know, it, he did things that made work for him. He presents it to, to Hainsey. Hainsey can either take it or he doesn't. Um, and then we get to that point where, you know, Hey, he's, got to get it, you know, the job done. And, mm -hmm. and I think that, it, that Ryan has done a really good job of that, you know, um, and he, he's fun to be around, you know, or that part of it. So I think it's, and I think it's probably some mental, uh, mentally, it's been good for him, yeah, you know, with, with a tough situation he was put in with the knee and everything to, 
make that finalization that, hey, I'm not going to play this year uh, for him to be able to come to that and say, all right, what can I do to be part of this? Uh, I think we found a role for him, and I think he's enjoyed that part of it. That's great. And so looking at Robert Hainsey, now twice has gotten thrust into this role that wasn't sort of the original plan maybe right. to start the season. Um, how have you seen him grow in terms of both the sort of field general role he has of making the protection calls and mm -hmm. then also just the X's and O's of his actual blocking and the way that he's grown in those two areas? At Robert, no one is going to prepare a week in and week out as much as he does. I mean, he is on it. Um, he does not complain about uh, one minute he stays in this building to know what the game plan is, both from a run standpoint, a protection standpoint. Um, he studies the stuff like no other. Um, so uh, that part of it is his DNA uh, because he loves football. You know, he's another guy that loves his teammates. It's important to him. He has grown over the last year or so from a technique standpoint, the whole thing, he has improved tremendously. And um, nobody, like I said, is going to study it and, and come game time, know exactly what he has to do, you know, what the calls are, the looks, the whole nine yards. Um, nobody's going to do it as much as he does. That's great. And then uh, now we also have Cody Mauk. And I would love to hear your decision making as you looked at him in college and, you know, wanting to draft him here. What made you see the potential in him? And then where has he grown since he's come in? You know, my, I go back to remembering the senior bowl. Like the kid never played center before he picked up the ball and started snapping. And it was like, okay, for him to do that with against that talent level and do a pretty darn good job, I'm sitting there going, all right, he is kids got something to him, you know, um, he, he is very athletic. Um, he's learning, you know, he, he's now learning. He's not the biggest, strongest guy on the field. And, uh, you know, he, Always he, a he has a rude awakening, out. like every rookie thinks he's going to be that guy. And then all of a sudden he goes, I'm not that guy yet, you know, and, uh, and he's played against some really, really good players. And, um, Cody, you know, is a humble guy, low key, does his job, says nothing, smart, um, studies, you know, he's well prepared just like the rest of the guys. So as a rookie, you really can't say anything, you know, as you get out of position like any player does at times, sure, you know, he's got his pluses, minuses like everybody does, but overall to come in and compete the way he is as a rookie uh, has been outstanding. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Uh, you guys have had success with some of these small school offensive linemen between Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, now Cody Mauk. What are the biggest challenges for specifically offensive line coming from maybe a smaller school to the NFL as compared to some other positions and, and why you think you guys have been able to get these guys to develop so well? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, when you're coming from a small school, they don't have the resources. The guys might not be from a nutrition standpoint, strength training, and I think that's a big credit to our people here in the building, our strength staff, nutrition, uh, Bobby in the training room, his staff. I think all those people have something to do with the uh, off-field development of these guys. They don't have, you know, all the the, the snacks, the, the nutrition, this that goes into their body. They, they don't have the guys working with them 24-7 in the weight rooms in some of the smaller schools. You know, the guys are doing multiple jobs, you know, that part of it. And um, I think our our staff on the, the scouting side with Jason and his staff has done a great job of recognizing, hey, listen, this, kid, this kid's got something. You know, he's got the size, he's tough, he's smart, 
football is important to them. And that's, I think, more so you're trying to find guys like that, you know, that, you know, it's not about the paycheck. You know, it is about I love playing. I love playing for my teammates. I love football. Yes, I'm going to get paid. I get that. But to find guys like that and have the physical abilities, the height, the weight, the length, all those other things tied into it, I think that's where we've done a good job evaluating those guys. And then our people getting them here along with us, obviously, on the field, but the people off the field, uh, AP and his people developing them together, I think that's why we've had success. So now looking forward to this next Sunday. Uh, tell us what you've noticed about the Jaguars' defense and, and especially their defensive front. They're they're good. Uh, <laughs> you know, they've darn. got they, – they, yeah, darn. No, they, their front seven um, from an outside backer, the inside guys are strong. They're physical. they got two really good inside linebackers. It's going to be a great challenge. Um, they've got a really good defense. Mike Caldwell, who was here with Todd, is doing a f- – fantastic job over there um, putting it all together you know it gives you multiple looks um, multiple uh, pressures things like that that you're going to have to deal with Um, so it's it'll be a tough game you know they they are well coached Uh, they play hard they're in the thick of it you know um, just like we are and so it's going to be two teams coming out you know here from the state of Florida are going to battle it out and uh, like Coach Moore said, whoever goes longer, harder usually wins. Hopefully that's us. I like it. And and so for you guys looking at these last remaining regular season games, what are some of the biggest goals you have for your guys and things as you guys go to make this playoff push that you want to see of like, this is what we're looking for to know that this is the direction we want to be heading to end the season? I, I think what we've been doing, Casey, just the last few weeks of just improving every week, you know, and I think the guys are starting to see that come along and you know if you do that right now toward the end when we're hitting our stride and we can get these last few wins one week at a time you know and you go into the playoffs with that confidence I think that's what you're looking for you know um, yeah we started off all right then we hit a lull and everybody was throwing us under the rug at that point Um, but I don't think anybody lost any confidence and I think now it's starting to come back and it's starting to go they've seen it they believe in it and that's all we want to just each week just get a little bit better at this time of the year and, and then see what happens. And then most importantly, the game is on Christmas, and I know that uh, every room tasks their rookies with decorating uh, for the holidays. How did your rookies do decorating they the They did well. Line room? Uh, they did well. I think Cody led the way. You know, we have a couple other guys with uh, over there with Silas and, and uh, Luke, but they did a good job, put a Christmas tree up. We had the blow-up uh, Grinch and – Lights and the whole thing. So it was well well done. And we do our exchanges Thursday, so it should be a lot of fun. I like that. And do you just feel like in general the chemistry is where you guys want it to be, knowing that at the beginning of the season it was just like it felt like you guys were a snow globe that got shook up of new people coming in, different positions. <laughs> now as you get to the ends of the season – are you where they would have you would have wanted them to be from a chemistry standpoint on and off the field? Yeah, I think from a chemistry without a question, on and off the field. Do we have growth to do from our tech all that kind of stuff? Yes, absolutely. There's still a lot of room to get better um, with our individual, you know, um, technique and fundamentals and all that. Um, but I think from a chemistry standpoint to where the guys want to hold each other accountable um, as friends, as fellow teammates, I think is great. That's awesome. Well, Coach, thank you as always for joining us. We really appreciate the time and good luck against the Jaguars. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. And thanks to all of you guys for joining us on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.